Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Is anybody else's face hurting from smiling? (laughs) Man, guys, I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to be here with you, honestly. Um, I mean, if anything, God has been so faithful and so good to us just even in this short time. And uh, you know, if you are new to this whole Jesus thing, if you are new to maybe us, this is your first night, I first wanna tell you that we value you being here. There's really nothing like being in a, a group of living, breathing human beings amongst women that are seeking God, that are seeking the presence, the Spirit of God, because it really is His work It's His Word, it's His transformation that's available for us tonight. And so if you want more of that, we're gonna have City Girl Conference. I know you've heard it before, but City Girl Conference is not a conference to miss. It's only $99 tonight and tonight only. So if you do have your ticket, buy your friend a ticket. If you don't have your ticket, get your ticket because it's gonna be even more powerful. I'm excited. We have some amazing speakers. The first time they came with us, they were guests, right? But next time, this next time, they're gonna be family. And so they have a word for us and we are gonna, we're gonna experience just a, a, an amazing move of God. And so um, know that we, we love that you're here and I, we're honored that you are here if you are a guest with us and we're honored that God is here, he's so good. So what are we gonna do tonight? I'm actually gonna flip the script. So a lot of you are like, oh, I know this. I know, I know what to expect. I've been to one of these before. No, you don't, because I'm going to get you. So what we're going to do actually first is I actually want to pray. So um, believe it or not, I need Jesus just as much as you do. And um, I really believe he has a a powerful word for us, if I can open my Bible. And so we're going to pray first, okay? Um, You can pray with me. You can pray for me. Please do. You can pray for yourself or pray for your neighbor. So Father, we come before you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and we just, we give you all the honor and all the praise. We thank you for what you're doing in us, and Lord, we we ask that you would release your Holy Spirit in this room, release it in our hearts. On behalf of everybody in the room, Lord, I ask that you would come and that you would come speak to us. I ask that you would continue to transform us. I offer my voice to you. I offer the meditation of my heart and the works of my hand in preparation. And I simply submit it back unto you, Lord. And I, and I offer that back unto you. I say, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So just a little bit over a month ago, um, I was actually in the midst of one of our Sunday morning worship experiences, and it was much like tonight, the presence of God was there, and, and there was just this beautiful um, and really intentional set of, of songs that we were singing, and, and I say that because, just to let you in a little bit of my mind, is uh, I really believe and value in the power of music. And, and what music and song is able to do. And, it's, and so it's really significant in my life. Uh, and I actually love a quote from a theologian, uh, St. Augustine. He's, he was a theologian in the 400s, but he says this about music. He says that we will sing the truth into our hearts. And so I, I really believe that, especially for my life. And so I, I really value the powerful dynamic that word, that song and music has. And so 
Um, what often happens in an atmosphere of like this is I will be worshiping, but then God will spur on my spirit to pray. And uh, what happens, and, and I apologize if I've ever made you uncomfortable, if I've ever made eye contact with you in, in worship, or you're like, why is she looking everywhere? I can tell you I'm not watching you. I'm not judging you. I, I'm just telling you, God leads me to pray. So I'll, oftentimes I'll pray for like the room or sometimes God will like tell me to pray for somebody random. And I may come up to you. I usually don't, but just because you get nervous and you're like, what am I supposed to say? But uh, anyways, so I was, I was in the midst of doing that very thing. And I saw somebody in the crowd and uh, I won't name any names, but I, as naturally as, and I can, I can explain something so supernatural, I got this, uh, like, download direction to pray for her. And uh, it was kind of like this. I saw something, felt something, heard something. Like, you really can't explain the supernatural. And so when I started praying for her, it just started urging more and more. And then it, and it honestly turned into night. So that's, that's kind of where I got got the direction that we have tonight. And so what I don't want to do is I don't want to preach at you. I don't want to just gather some cool scriptures, some illustrations, and like have some cool like tricks and then shove something down your throat. Like that's not what I want to do. I actually want to invite you into a journey that God placed on my heart and what I honestly believe God desires for each and every one of us to be on. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go to the book. We're gonna go to the Bible. So who all has their Bibles? Everybody got their Bibles out there? Church is, a, this is church, uh, but this is City Girl. So it's a great place to bring your Bible. So we're gonna, we're gonna turn to Luke 3, and we're gonna look at somebody, uh, the greatest of all time, the goat. It's kind of embarrassing how long it took me to realize what that meant for the longest time. I will be honest with you. But we're gonna look at Jesus and we're gonna look specifically at his baptism. And so we're gonna, look, go to look, we're gonna go to Luke 3, verse 21 and 22. And context here is uh, John the Baptist is out in the desert doing like the whole turn or burn thing and people are actually turning. And so he's baptizing a whole bunch of people and we're gonna pick up in verse 21 and it says, when all the people were baptizing Jesus, Jesus or sorry, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. Remember that, that's significant. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love and with you I am well pleased. And I mean, come on, can you imagine that moment? Like Jesus is going down in the water, he comes back up and you see a dove rest on somebody, okay, cool. But then you hear an audible voice of, from heaven I mean, am I the only one that has actually prayed that prayer? Like, God, I need to hear from you, please, something. Like, you, there's only one other instance in the whole scripture that people hear the audible voice from heaven. And so this is a significant event. This is, this is massive. So what did Jesus do to deserve such a thing? Is it baptisms? We're doing baptisms tonight. So like, should I expect like, None of us are Jesus, but I mean, come on, we can at least like have a glimmer of light maybe? Like, should I expect that? If we read in scripture though, it tells us nothing. It simply tells us that Jesus was 30 years old at the time, if you read further down, and it actually says he has yet to even begin his ministry. So understand, at this time, there's no recorded healings. There's no feeding of the thousands. 
there's no Sermon on the Mount, there's no water into wine, like there's nothing of his ministry that is actually recorded. And yet the Father speaks audibly to Jesus. And we can look at this and we can kind of read over it and we can be like, oh yeah, God had to tell everybody that it was his son, right? Like, yeah, God needs to speak down so the crowd all knows, hey, look at this guy. But it doesn't say that, does it? It says that the Father speaks to Jesus. It says, you are my son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. That's significant. Because for the rest of Jesus' life and ministry, we see him unfazed by the Pharisees. We see him unfazed by the crowd and the needs. We see him unfazed, even his disciples, when he, near the end of his life, desert him. And we see him even unfazed in the devil's temptations. He says, you are my son whom I love and with you I am well pleased. And 2,000 years later, we are living in and testifying of the wake of that moment because from that moment, Jesus for three years then turns the world upside down. Because get this, all humans require an identity. Unless you've been living under a rock for the, ten year, for the past 10 years, you can know and you can see how nuts the world has gone trying to find and redefine your identity. We need an identity. And the world wants to self-identify because it has chosen to turn its back on its creator. And that's what it wants to do and provide for you. Here's the kicker though, we don't worship our identity, right? We worship Christ. And the way God works, therefore the way he has created us and the, how he has created the kingdom of God is that it's completely opposite to what the world wants to try to do. The world says, hey, take this test, here's some descriptions, and I'm gonna just put all this mess of psychology, sociology, a little bit of anthropology, and like, here you go. And for me, I'm a choleric eight achiever. And... And I don't, it's not, a, it's not a complete bash on personality tests, but the issue I have with those is that when it comes, when it's, it, might just, it might start as a description of who you are, maybe it like describes some things about you, and it morphs into a prescription that now defines what you might do or act or be. And that's... That is the drawing line. And so I'm not like, oh, everything's from the devil, like... Well, everything in this world is from the devil, but I, it's not a complete bash on those, but there is a fine line because the world wants to give us an identity that is not of God's. So Jesus, being 100% human, but also 100% God, he doesn't receive his identity that way. He receives his identity told to him by his father. He was, born of a, he was born a human, so he had to grow up, he had to mature, and he gets to this point of life with nothing to his name, and yet the father says to him his identity. He tells it to him, and the father gives Jesus his identity with four simple words. He says, you are my son. Notice he didn't say Messiah, he didn't say healer, he didn't say multiplier, king, he didn't even say savior. He said, 
son. But then what does he do? After he affirms Jesus' identity, what does he do? He tells him that he loves him. He tells him out loud, again, hearing out loud that he loves him. Did you know that there, in this current day and age, one out of every four children today have a father, or do not have a father in the home? So no father in the home means that there's no father saying to his children that he loves them. And, and that statistic has actually been reigning for some generations. So with a room this size, I can only imagine that there's probably about 50, 75 to maybe 100 of you that grew up without a father. And, and I know many of you are single moms, so maybe even if you didn't have a dad when you grew up, you didn't think about yourself, you were thinking about your own child. And what does that mean? And I'm not gonna berate you with the statistics and the numbers, but the statistics of children and their social, emotional development, their behavior, their academic achievements, their health and wellness is so much more alarmingly worse than in fathers absent homes. But let's say we did have a father. I had a great father. I, could, I had the best father and I could fight anybody about that. <laughs> but we are not perfect either. The, the effects of abusive fathers, of passive fathers, of neglectful fathers, even harsh or irresponsible fathers can be seen through the generational ill effects within society. And if you're honest, you can probably see it within yourself. And so what I'm saying here is that a father's voice isn't just important, it's essential to our lives. And just because this world does this like sick shroud of like, ah, who needs them, doesn't actually mean we don't need them. And so this scripture, it's not enough for the scripture just to confirm the place or the role of a father, of a physical earthly father in our home. Well, I do subscribe to that. I do believe in that. Some of us are, the, are past the point of return with our earthly fathers. And so the scripture has to do more. It has to do more. It has to affirm the necessity of a heavenly father then that gives us our identity and gives us and speaks love over us. And so if we look at the last thing that the father did with Jesus in Luke 3 is he did this. He said, with you, I am well pleased. Jesus hasn't started his ministry yet. What is there to be pleased about? I'm sorry, that's my mind, that's my thought. But the father says, with you, I am well pleased. He affirms his approval of the son. And so the approval can only then stem from the identity and love that was already laid. And I, and I believe that that approval then caps the foundation that Jesus then stood on for the rest of his life to have the confidence and to have faith that the father would be everything that he would need him to be throughout his life. And so this identity and this love and this approval is what I think God has for us what I think God has for every single one of us. Because get this, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, behold the new has come. So what has come new? Your identity. Your identity in Christ has become new because when you submit your life to Christ as your Lord and Savior, scripture tells us that we have now the right to become children of God. And all the females in the room, when we read son, we can just interject daughter. And so Galatians 3:26 says, for in Christ Jesus, you are all daughters of God through faith. 
And so it's one thing to hear this, but it's, it's really a completely different thing to believe this because for every believer, God calls you son or daughter. And so after this, this identity in us is solidified by the love of the Father, it then is able to work the healing power in our lives. And so when I ask, who is Father, or what does Father mean to you, what does that arise in your heart? What does that arise in your spirit or in your mind? Because understand, and this is hard, but I, I'm, I say this because I want freedom, but understand that whatever you struggle with in regards to connecting to our Heavenly Father many times and oftentimes leads back to the wounds that we have from our earthly father. Like I said, I had the best dad in the world, but no one is perfect. Every father, every mother, every person, I'm sorry, me, you, everybody included, has fallen short. We're not perfect. And so there are wounds in our lives. And so when we can't connect with God, it oftentimes, and especially as women, it leads it, the root, if you go all the way back, the root often happened from a, from a father or a male father figure or from a male that inappropriately expressed love so maybe we, we don't trust. And so what God has for us is he has a perfect father in heaven that through Jesus Christ, we can take and submit those wounds to him. And so whether we had a great, horrible or absent father, we have to, we have to put away the pride. We gotta put away this, ah, it didn't really affect me. I never heard I loved me or I loved you. Because I can tell you if you really put it, put it down, you would see that everybody else, what everybody else sees, that it did hurt you. Nobody's, why would you be ashamed of that? Why are we ashamed that something hurt me? Why are we ashamed that something hurt me and it still hurts me? When I believe that when we put that pride away and when we submit it to our perfect Heavenly Father, that's when the true healing power of the Holy Spirit comes in. And so God is a Father. <laughs> Nowhere in Scripture will you find that he, it's, He's referenced as a mother. He is a Father. And so we can't truly experience the fullness of His love without actually coming to Him like He is a Father. So what does that mean? There's good news. Romans 8, 15 through 17 says, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship or daughtership, if that's a word. And by him, we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And you see, the heart of a father leads us to truth without condemnation. That word Abba is significant. It's not like, there's a reason why they do Abba, Father. Because that Abba word is not, although it has the same meaning, it's not the same thing. This word is again, is, is similarly only used in a couple other times in scripture. And, it's, and one of the times that it's used is uh, when Jesus, at the night of his betrayal, is crying out to God the Father. And if you look at the original, it's more like, 
So we have a two-year-old. It would be more like a two-year-old crying out, we say Papa in our home, but Daddy, Daddy. No two-year-old's first words of their dad are father. There's like this, there's like this, uh, uh, yeah, there's like the, well, there's like this sophistication in the word father. And so we often think that we have to come at God as some like some proper print, like I'm put together, like God, like I'm, I'm that, that kind of sophistication father. But that Abba word is significant because it come, because it's like approaching our father as a child. And so no matter how good or how bad our fathers were, they all had flaws. And so it is on us to bring those memories, to bring those hurts, to bring, is there just something that when you think about it, and you know what, if you said it to somebody else, you'd be like, nobody would think it's that big of a deal, but that is the lie of the enemy. Because anything hidden that you keep that you keep going back to. It's God knocking on your door saying, let me in, let me heal it. Let me give you a new perspective. Let me be what you wanted in that moment. And so it's on us to submit those things to him and to start or to continue the work of transformation. And and I wanna read a story that kind of, in a different way, shows us maybe of the heart posture of, uh, of the Father, or even maybe a heart posture of our own heart, okay? So it's by an unknown author. They don't know who wrote this, but listen to this. It says, a pastor was on a long flight between church conferences. The first warning of the approaching problems came when the sign on the airplane flashed on, fasten your seatbelts. Then after a while, a voice said, a calm voice said, We will not be serving the beverages at this time. We are experiencing a little turbulence. Please be sure to fasten your seatbelts. As the pastor looked around the aircraft, it became obvious that many of the passengers were becoming apprehensive. And later the voice on the intercom said, we are so sorry, we're unable to serve the meal at this time. This turbulence is still ahead of us. And then the storm broke. The ominous cracks of the thunder could be heard even above the roar of the engines. Lightning cracked up the darkened skies and within moments that great plane was like cork tossed around in a celestial ocean. One moment the airplane was lifted on terrific currents of air, the next it dropped as if we were about to crash. The pastor confessed that he shared the discomfort and fear of those around him. He said, as I looked around the plane, I could see that nearly all the passengers were upset and alarmed. Some were praying, the future seemed ominous, and many were wondering if they were gonna make it through the storm. And then I saw, suddenly saw a little girl. Apparently this storm meant nothing to her. She had tucked her feet beneath her and she sat on her seat. She was reading a book and everything within her small world was calm and orderly. Sometimes she closed her eyes and then she would begin reading again. She would straighten her legs, but worry and fear were not in her world. When the plane was being buffeted by the terrible storm, when it lurched this way and that, as it rose and fell with frightening severity, when all the adults were scared half to death, that marvelous child was completely composed and unafraid. The minister could hardly believe his eyes. And so it was not surprising, therefore, that when the plane reached its destination and all the passengers were hurrying to disembark, the pastor lingered to speak to that girl whom he had watched for such a long time. Having commented about the storm and the behavior of the plane, he asked, why she had not been afraid. 
The child replied, because my daddy is the pilot and he is taking me home. My question to you, and you guys can stand, we're gonna close. My question to you is that when life is throwing you up and down, when everybody around the world, everybody around you is going crazy, when everybody else is in fear, when you look at your, the inside of your, your heart and your mind, when you have all of these things going around you or even inside you, do you have the identity, the love, and the affirmation of our Heavenly Father that keeps you grounded? The little girl was going through the same thing. It didn't pluck her out of her situation, but the resolve and the comfort and the place of her confidence was not like anybody else because of the relationship that she had with her father and the assurance that she had that he was taking her home. Do you have a home this morning, this evening? Where is your home and who is taking you to that home? Understand that God the Father desires a relationship with you. He wants to heal the brokenness that you have from whatever trauma, whatever failure, whatever situation that had arised. And so right now, we're gonna have an opportunity to minister. We're gonna allow the Holy Spirit who comes to us from the Father, knowing all things, we're gonna have an opportunity for you to open up something in your heart that you need a loving, perfect Heavenly Father to speak to. And so right now with just hands postured, maybe your heart is postured in a, in a way of surrender, a way of, God, I give this to you. I wanna pray for you. And when I speak, when I pray over you, trust that the Holy Spirit will bring any circumstance that you need the Father's touch to your mind. And so your responsibility is then to bring that and give that to the foot of the cross. Father, I thank you for your goodness. God, we come before you, God, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would come and rest on us and bring your, your healing power, Father, to the wounds in our life. Father, we come before you and we ask that you would bring up into our minds if there's anything in our hearts, anything in our history, in our past circumstance, Lord God, that you are knocking at to what desiring to bring freedom, desiring to bring healing, desiring to bring a word of faith, of love. Lord God, we, can, we come before you and we say yes and amen to that, Lord. God, I ask right now that you would begin to speak words to your daughters. God, that our, that our community of women, Lord, of you as a child, seeing the loving embrace of a father who loves them, who wants so much more for their life, that gave up his life for them to have life, Lord, for us to have life, Lord. God, 
Thank you so much for listening today. And we want to give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.